Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 336 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading both Psalm 142 and 143 today, and our focus is on, is it wrong to whine to God? Should we ever complain to God? And how do we plead with God in hopeless times? So thanks so much for joining us. As we say often, our goal is to interact with the Word of God, to listen to it, to understand it, to obey it and live it and respect it because it's God's Word. We want to we want to hear it on a daily basis. We want to live it on a daily basis. We need it on a daily basis. We do have a website for the show. It's Bible2021.com. Every episode of the podcast has its own blog entry at Bible2021.com, which is pretty much a transcript of everything I say except this bit at the beginning, which... I sort of make up every time. Well, two more psalms today, both psalms of King David. The first is a prayer that David made to God when he was in a cave hiding out from King Saul and his men. In that prayer, David says some pretty interesting things. Note especially verses 1 and 2 and verse 4. David says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. And then verse 4. Look to the right and see. No one stands up for me. There's no refuge for me. No one cares about me. So David is obviously in trouble, and he's telling God about his troubles, even complaining to God about his hardships. Not only is he complaining, but he sounds a bit whiny, too. No one cares about me? Well, complaining? Whining? Now, wait a minute. Didn't God severely punish the Israelites in Numbers 11 for complaining by sending a terrible plague among them? Does not Philippians 2 say something about not complaining? Well, it does. Philippians 2, 14-15, Paul writes, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. So yeah, generally speaking, we're not supposed to complain to God, and yet we have passages like Psalm 55, 16 through 18. As for me, I shall call upon my God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and murmur, and he will hear my voice. Or how about Psalm 64, 1? Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from dread of the enemy. Or Job 7, 11. Therefore, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. And we remember at the end of the book of Job, God said Job did not sin. Or how about Acts 6.11? Now, at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So what in the world are we to make of all this? Are we allowed to complain or not? Well, honestly, it's a difficult question, but I'm going to give you my conclusion, uh, which is simply that, an opinion. Those going through a genuine and real hardship and are greatly troubled in seeking the Lord's help, such as David in our psalm today, Job in Job chapter 7 and the widows in Acts 6, can prayerfully complain to God and ask him for help sharing their complaint. On the other hand, the Jewish people in Numbers 11, and probably most of my complaints over the years, maybe most of yours too, are quite different, right? 
having more of an aspect of grumbling and ingratitude rather than crying out for help and presenting our requests before God. Based on the verses we've read, it does appear to be right and biblical to share our troubles and complaints with God when we are going through great hardship. Ungrateful grumbling to each other, though, and especially to God, however, never right, never righteous. Let's go ahead and read that first psalm. It is Psalm 142, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. A mesquil of David when he was in the cave, a prayer. I cry aloud to the Lord. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. Although my spirit is weak within me, you know my way. Along this path I travel. They have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see. No one stands up for me. There's no refuge for me. No one cares about me. I cry to you, Lord. I say you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am very weak. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Free me from prison so that I can praise your name. The righteous will gather around me because you deal generously with me. Amen. Let's go ahead and read our second psalm as well, because we're about to discuss it. Psalm 143, a cry for help, a psalm of David. Lord, hear my prayer in your faithfulness. Listen to my plea and in your righteousness, answer me. Do not bring your servant into judgment for no one alive is righteous in your sight. For the enemy has pursued me, crushing me to the ground, making me live in darkness like those long dead. My spirit is weak within me. My heart is overcome with dismay. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all you have done. I reflect on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. I am like parched land before you. Selah. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Don't hide your face from me, or I will be like those going down to the pit. Let me experience your faithful love in the morning, for I trust in you. Reveal to me the way I should go, because I appeal to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I come to you for protection. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, let me live. In your righteousness, deliver me from trouble. And in your faithful love, destroy my enemies. Wipe out all those who attack me, for I am your servant. Amen. Here we see a textbook example of how to pray in desperate times. Notice, as in many of these psalms, David begins with a plea to God for his prayer to be heard. He then spells out his problems before God and remembers God's past deliverances. All three of these things are really crucial for us in prayer when we're going through burning and fiery trials. God will hear the prayers of his people, have no doubt. And yet, it's a very biblical thing, a right thing. Maybe it's helpful to our own souls to cry out in agony, asking God to listen to us. It's also right and biblical and helpful to tell the God who literally knows every detail of our lives far better than we do the current troubles we are going through. This is not information for God, like it's not something new for him. But such pouring out of our troubles does form an important part of all prayers for deliverance and rescue. The reminder of God's faithfulness in the past is both a praise and declaration of God's goodness. It's almost like a thanksgiving, but it's also a reminder to our own weak and weary souls. 
Desperation is perfectly appropriate and acceptable in crying out to God. You don't need to attempt to pray like you have it all together because honestly, let's be real, when we're going through the tough times, neither one of us, you or I, we don't have our stuff together. We don't need to act like it in prayer before God. We don't need to put on airs. We don't need to stifle ourselves. I love what David prays in verse 7. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Don't hide your face from me or I will be like those going down to the pit. What's he saying? He's saying, God, if you don't help me, I'm going to die. Well, Brother Spurgeon, in commenting on this beautiful verse 7, writes, Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit fails. If long delayed, the deliverance will come too late. The afflicted prayer faints and is ready to die. His life is ebbing out. Each moment is of importance. It will soon be all over with him. No argument for speed can be more powerful than this. Who will not run to help a prayer when his life is in jeopardy? Mercy has wings to its heels when misery is in extremity. God will not fail when our spirit fails, but the rather he will hasten his course and come to us on the wings of the wind. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like them that go down into the pit. Communion with God, says Spurgeon, is so dear to a true heart that the withdrawal of it makes the man feel as though he were ready to die and utterly perish. God's withdrawals reduce the heart to despair and take away all strength from the mind. Moreover, his absence enables adversaries to work their will without restraint against us, and thus, in a second way, the persecuted one is likely to perish. If we have God's countenance, his face, we will live. But if he turns his back upon us, we will die." When the Lord looks with favor upon our efforts, we prosper. But if he refuses to countenance them or shine his light on them, we labor in vain. How true is that? Well, my friends, let's close with our brand new Bible memory verse for the month of December. It's a wonderful one, a hymn of Revelation. Revelation 5 verse 12, they said with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Yes, and amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.